You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasa, your host, and along with our producer, Alex Diaz, and our production assistant, Daniel Tersini, we would like to welcome you to our show this morning. Good morning, men. Hi, good morning, Kathy. How are you doing? Very well. How are you doing? Ah, fine, fine. The day has started off great. It was warmer yesterday, and today it's actually gotten a lot colder. It has. It has, but it's okay. There's no snow. That's true. There isn't. <laughs> And Alex, or not Alex, Danny, you've had uh, trouble with your wrist. How are you doing with that? Oh, uh, yeah, the tendonitis. It's, yeah. it's been going, it's been uh, getting better. Two to three weeks it should be on, and then afterwards I should be fine. Got to invest in ergonomic keyboards, it seems. But. Yeah, and divest in uh, computer games and video games and stuff. If you have no, to do okay, that. I think that's going to be <laughs> difficult for Daniel. Because my, my, my job literally has me on a computer 24-7. Uh, so. Sure it does. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's had a good week. That's great. It's nice to see spring is here. Um, our show today is live. And in fact, we have Jonathan Thomas in studio with us, which is a really nice treat. We were talking about our last in-studio guest, and I I think it was over a year ago. Definitely. So it's it's nice to have somebody local in with us, and we really do appreciate uh, Jonathan you making the trip here for us. It's really it's really nice, really nice for us. Our number is four one six two four five fifteen thirty four. So if you'd like to speak with Jonathan or call in to talk with any one of us, please feel free to do so. Our um, social media sites on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We are at the Health Hub RMC, and please do feel free to email us at thh at radiomaria.ca if you have any requests for shows, if you'd like us to go seek out professionals in the area that you have interest, or if you're interested in being a guest uh, on the show yourself. And do please subscribe to our podcast. As you know, all of our live shows on the Health Hub are turned over, our live shows and our tape shows, in fact, are turned over into podcasts. And they are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and all your favorite podcast platforms. You can find all of our podcasts on the Radio Maria Canada website. We are www.radiomaria.ca. And my website is kathybiasse.com. Um, I can feel it coming out. I have been dealing with this sinus infection. It's got to be a month now. And it's I've, it's ebbed and flowed, and I can feel uh, coughing coming on. So beyond if I wave at you, just know that a cough is coming no uh, your way. It's it's uh, I could just as I start talking, it's it's unbelievable. Anyways, last week's show uh, is purpose the key to health with Jaya Jaya Myra is up and ready for you to listen to. That was a really interesting conversation. I really did enjoy that. I really found myself especially when we got on to the uh, spirituality aspect in the second half of that show. Mm -hmm. Um, I was enthralled with it. I uh, could have gone on for a lot longer, 
But I got the Alex wave and knew that yeah. it was time to head off. But really, wave through the glass. That's, wave the, that's the, the glass. one wave you don't like. I know, I know, and it seems to. <laughs> it's like wrap it's up funny the show. when we did our hundredth no. show. Um, my sister was saying to me, "I remember that uh, you were saying, what am I going to do with an hour's worth of time?'" And now, honestly, sometimes I'm like. I can't get all these questions in. There's just so much more I want. But right. in that case, it's opportunity for our guests to come back on. But yeah, last week's show, I really enjoyed uh, that that whole spiritual component. It's such a missing aspect in healthcare, I find. So very interesting. Uh, please do have uh, a listen to it. I think you'll really, really enjoy it. So this past weekend, uh, we were at uh, up in Collingwood. We have a, a place up in Collingwood, and we we're fortunate enough to plant some apple trees a couple of years ago. And um, I was walking around. It's really quite mucky up there still. But I, I saw the trees starting to come to life, the little red at the end of the, the dried branches. And mm-hmm. it's such a, I love that feeling. Our, our little tulips and our little spring flowers are poking up through the there's still some snow up there, and uh, I don't know what it is, but every year when I see that newness, um, I just, I really appreciate the seasons. Yeah, it really reminds ap- you of spring in that case, it, yeah, for sure. It does, and it's kind of nice. You know, we don't have sunshine, all, well, we don't have sunshine, but we don't have warmth all year round, and I feel that we endure the the winter to, to see this new growth, and I get very excited about it, but uh, yeah, so things are coming along well. They say it's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. Every year we have a new beginning, and... Uh, it's, it's prophetical. And, but anyways, uh, getting a little bit off topic there, I wanted to talk to you. It brought to, to mind, I thought, you know, I don't think we've really talked about uh, apples and their health benefit on the show. Um, I know it sounds a little bit boring, but apples are probably one of the world's most um, preferred fruits. There are about 7,500 different varieties of them, and they're portable. They're easy to pack in kids' lunches. They're a great snack, and um, who knows? Maybe the popularity all started with Eve taking that uh, bite out of the apple. But they are a a wonderful, wonderful food to include in your healthy diet. But I wanted to... um, Bring to your attention the importance of the skin of the apple. So an apple contains, just to give you a little sort of a nutritional capsule here, an apple contains about 115 calories, negligible uh, fat in an apple, about 5 grams of fiber. And that's the whole apple. When you pick the apple, that's what you get. So that's on average for your average size of, uh, of an apple. But when um, you peel the skin off, and I know a lot of people do, and a lot, especially kids, they don't like the skin sometimes. It's a little tough for them to get through. But when you peel that apple off, you're losing almost half of the fiber of the apple. The skin of the apple contains both soluble and insoluble fiber. And you've heard it many times on the show. We need that fiber for our microbiome. We need the fiber to keep us regular. And you're losing a really um, important nutrient component of the apple with the phytonutrients, the vitamin A and the vitamin C. You'll still get some vitamin A and C in the apple, but uh, when you cut the skin off, you're really losing quite a bit of it. And according to a study out of Cornell University, eating the apple skin may reduce risk of certain types of cancer, including liver, breast, and colon cancer. The peel contains compounds, and they're called uh, triterpenoids, and they have the power, so the study uh, says, to destroy cancer cells as well as prevent new growth. And as well, an article from the Journal of Food Science, the antioxidants in apple peels can help protect your heart health. 
by preventing the oxidation of polyunsaturated fats. And the oxidation of fats increases your risk of disease. Don't peel the skin. With all the varieties of apples out there, you have a variety of tastes. So just remember that that skin not only protects the insides of the apple, but it also offers you a wealth of healthy nutrients. Thank and you, that's Kathy. my apple talk for you today. So apples, I was just thinking, just popped in my mind. I've been vilified quite a bit, but they sure shouldn't be. On to our guest today. Our in-studio guest is Jonathan Thomas. And Jonathan is a life and relationship coach in Toronto and throughout the GTA, working with clients on a wide range of topics such as anxiety, depression, job performance and fulfillment, love, relationships, and overall happiness and sports performance. Jonathan's coaching methods and techniques can help any person looking to make a positive change in their life. For over 10 years, Jonathan helped clients reach their fitness goals as an in-home personal trainer. This decade of training experience consisted predominantly of being welcomed into people's homes and seeing what life was like for clients as their most open, true, and unguarded state was presented to them in their own homes. Jonathan became aware of complexity of the human mind and all of the barriers and catalysts of change. By witnessing and helping hundreds of clients, many of them husbands and wives, attempt to make changes in their lives, in-home personal training awakened his passion and skill for life and relationship coaching. It was not in his or his clients' successes, but in their failures and struggles, where he became a firm believer that there were always a way to break through no matter what the person or the situation. Being armed with the desire to learn and discover more about human behavior and why people do the things they do, Jonathan has built and continues to build a variety of ways to help enrich, enhance, and add value to his clients' lives. It's going to be a very interesting topic. Relationships isn't something that we've broached a whole lot here on the Health Hub. So Jonathan's going to give us a whole new avenue of, of health. We're going to talk about uh, common issues that couples deal with. Is marriage a realistic proposition in 2019? And how couples can cultivate healthy relationships. And we will be back to you after this break.
You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. Our show is live today. Feel free to call us at 416-245-1534. Also, follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at The Health Hub RMC. Good morning, Jonathan. How are you? I'm good. Good morning. Thank you for joining us in studio. Of course. Yeah. No, thanks for uh, inviting me. And um, I've been looking forward to it for a couple of months now. Well, we've, uh, we're just talking, as I said, I don't think we've had uh, an in-studio guest. It's been about a year. Yeah. So it's nice to, it's nice to have the interaction and except with the big microphones in front of us, right. it's nice to be able to talk to someone face to face. So yeah. thank you. I appreciate the, the trip in. Of course. Well, yeah, I mean, face to face, you can pick up a lot of different um, communication cues, right? So exactly. It's, it's definitely different than on the phone and I'm only like 15 minutes away from here, so oh, perfect. might as well come in. Oh, good. We'll have you back regularly. Yeah, that, Enlighten that'd, that'd us awesome. on many subjects. <laughs> well, let's see how I do, and then we I'm can decide. I'm sure you'll be I, just <laughs> fine. You've had experience before doing this, yeah. right? You've been on other shows. so I have. And you have your own podcast, right? I do, yeah. Me and a fellow coach um, who also is like a, a former trainer, we have one. So it's kind of about transitioning from training to coaching and they well, usually last like an hour or so. Well, let's give it a plug. What's it called? It is called The Coach's Way with uh, S and J. He being the S, Shahab, and me being the J, John. So, yeah. And it's about what? About, yeah, is it about it, the, it, the, the training part of it, what you do? It's, the- uh, it's more about coaching. And <laughs> it is. the topic kind of, we kind of come up with the topic like the day of on the fly, just kind of what's going on in our own lives. Um, some of it has been from... You know, relationship struggles. Some of it has been from like New Year's resolutions. Mm. So yeah, it's kind of all over the place, Mm -hmm. but it it has to do more with like behavior and the mental, the mental aspect of uh, coaching and, and living. Okay. Now you are considered a health coach. Um, I guess I, I, I kind of changed like my, my, uh, my phrasing of it, Mm -hmm. like every month almost. I usually introduce myself as like a life and relationship coach. Okay. Because that kind of tackles a lot of the the topics. Because mm-hmm. um, life could be can mean anything and relationship can mean either romantic relationship or just friends or social circle. So uh, that's, I usually say life and relationship coach. Um, I obviously do have a, a big background in, in health and training. So um, I, I can offer help with that too mm-hmm. when it's like fitness and nutrition and you know pain pain relief because a lot of people are just dealing with chronic pain yes like te- like tendinitis Tendin- <laughs> there you go hey right? <laughs> that wasn't planned <laughs> so your your focus is now within the relationship life and relationship yeah. realm and how you know i think one of the things that we should tackle before how you got all involved and made that transition what would be the difference you would say if someone said, well, what do you do versus, uh, you know, the standard we're going to counseling, right. couples counseling? What's the difference? Difference between coaching and counseling. That's that's a super common question. And uh, I've had a lot of practice answering it. So <laughs> hopefully I'll be good with it. I, I will usually tell people um, it's coaching is more based in the present and focused on like, what okay, what can we do now and where can we go from here mm-hmm. where, and this isn't the case for everyone, you know, cause it's, it's up to the coach, it's up to the therapist, it's up to the counselor. 
But I'll usually say coaching is more based in the present and in the future where therapy and counseling will go into the past a little bit. Yeah. Um, And that's, but that varies for everyone, right? So coaching is more kind of focused on results. There's no real scope of practice for coaching. There's nothing saying, you know, what you can do or what you can't say. So, so coaching, there's a bit more leeway of what you can do and what you can say to get the desired result. Um, We're like, counseling and, and uh, therapy and psychiatrists, there is a scope of practice, mm-hmm. of course. Um, so that's probably the, the two big differences. So when you're working with um, people, are you pulling in all sorts of different types of techniques or do you have a specific route that you go down that you're, you're constantly you know, washing and, and re- reusing? Um, it's probably a little bit of both. There's I'm, every person is going to be different, so you can't just go down the same route and you know the same technique for everyone. Um, but but I do have a couple go to methods that I'll try to incorporate. Um, but yeah, it could be you know twenty five year old male who's looking for help with you know finding his purpose in his career, and it could be you know a forty year old female who. In, is having having relationship problems, so you're not going to use the same techniques for both of them. But there is there is some universal strategies that do apply. But yeah, you kind of have to make game time decisions of, of mm-hmm. okay, what's what do I do here, and what do I say, what questions do I ask? Because that's that's what I base a lot of my coaching around. Is it's not me coming up with all the answers and giving the perfect advice. Because I might see someone for two hours, you know, 90 minutes, two hours of that. Um, and then they're by themselves for the rest of their life. Hopefully, if it goes well, right? I, I'm not looking for like long term, like year, six month clients. It's more like two, three, four sessions. And hopefully they can um, figure out the answers on their own and come up with the solutions on their own and be able to be able to continue on by themselves. That's a quick turnaround. Oh, uh, three or four sessions. That's I, I want to get into actually what a session looks like, but I want to lead up to that. So I want to start at the beginning. So mm-hmm. you were a, a personal trainer. Yeah. How did you bridge the gap between personal training and now working in a relationship coaching sphere? Right. Well, I went to Humber College when I was 19, 20 for fitness and health promotion because that was that was something I knew I was interested in, you know, like fitness and and health. And I didn't really want to go to school for something I wasn't that interested in. So I kind of decided on on that route and did that. And I also knew I didn't really want to work in a gym just because it was all kind of sales based and um, kind of just like client in client out. You don't really build relationships. It's all kind of focused on numbers. So I was looking for companies that did in-home training and I I found one and I was lucky enough to work with people um, for over 10 years. Yeah. Like going into their homes, um, many of them husbands and wives. So like traveling, being welcomed into their home, training them for an hour um, and seeing them like three times a week. So when you're in someone's house, like with a husband and wife for like three hours a week, you learn a lot. You, that's, you learn way more than you would just in like a gym. Way more than you might want to. Yes. <laughs> yes. Also, yeah. Like you, you see their kids, you see, you pet their dogs, you, you like, you build relationships as opposed to just being in a gym where 
you have like one hour and then it's like, you know, you still build relationships in gyms, but you don't get to see the full picture. Yeah. So when you're in their home, that's like, that was probably a a huge um, learning process for me. Like those 10 years of work, like a lot of them, like 50% of my clients are probably uh, uh, husbands and wives. Really? So yeah, just because the the kind of person who would um, want someone to come train them in their house, usually they'll have like kids and they have like busy jobs. So it's like, okay, I can't leave my kid in the morning. So I need my trainer to come to me. And since I'm already working out, I might as well get my wife to work out with uh, with me or my husband to work out with me. So was it was it um, dysfunctional relationships that made you go, aha, I think I might be good at this? It was it was probably the dysfunctional, but also the functional. Like you get to see what the differences of a good relationship are and a bad relationship. So you backdoored this whole process. Pretty much, yeah. I snuck in. <laughs> so obviously, you didn't just go from um, teaching people the right form to do a press right. to sitting down with them and saying, you know, this is what I suggest your relationship uh, of course. path be. Yeah, that would be a bit crazy. That would be a little bit, yeah. Um, <laughs> a little bit intrusive. It might be a little bit hard to build a clientele with that sort of, yeah. <laughs> with that CV. So what did you do then to hone your skills and to give yourself the credibility to go out there? Right. So, yeah, like just training those people and training the husbands, wives and seeing time after time, you know, people get in their own way or people fall off and never text me again or just completely like ghost me, like never acknowledge that we actually trained and stuff. Um, so yeah, like a lot of, a lot of failure and me figuring out, okay, what else can I do to impact these people as opposed to just through fitness? So then I was okay. Um, what, what can I do? And I started looking up different life coaching and relationship coaching and watching YouTube videos and, you know, tons of Tony Robbins stuff, which I'm sure every, almost every coach kind of gets their start from watching some of his stuff. Um, and yeah, going to uh, the Transformational Arts College in Toronto and doing a life coaching certification there and then doing some NLP certifications, which is um, a, it's neuro-linguistic programming, which is a fancy term for basically figuring out people's um, language and thought patterns and how they how they kind of go about living their lives and what patterns they're in. Um, so those were my two big ones. And then, yeah, like this, that 10 years of uh, firsthand experience of seeing, you know, in people's homes and working with husbands and wives and yeah, just kind of trial by fire. I mean, I, you can learn a lot like that, whether so you want to or not. In the Tony Robbins program, is there a systematic step-by-step process that he encourages you to take? Um, when it comes to becoming a coach, yes, um, there is. He kind of gives you all the tools. He gives you the tools, and um, he there is like a layout. There's definitely a layout. Um, I wouldn't say it's like step by step, um, but he gives you all the tools to to you know to decide where you want to go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, for me, I just you know relationship. I feel like that's where people's um, the biggest factor of their quality of life is in their relationship. So um, when you're, when you're, well, let's go to the clientele. So are you dealing with couples together mainly, or are you working with individuals? Is it a combination? Can you do a relationship coaching with someone who's um, on their own? It's, it's a bit of both. 
Um, I've had actually, it's probably more so individuals. Really? Uh, yeah, just um, I will work with couples and and have, um, but a lot of times it's like one person comes in, either the male or the female will come in and say like they're not happy in the relationship, they don't know what's going on, and and so on. Um, it does work better with two people. You got to have two people at some point, mm-hmm. or else you're just getting one side of the story. Um, but it 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 also is good to just do one on one to start, just to just because because sometimes it's hard for to sell your husband or to sell your wife on the idea of counseling. So, do you often or have you ever mm-hmm. had someone come in? Um, that is outside. Uh, so you have a relationship and one of the partners is coming in because they're looking for, for some help. But do you deal with people as well who are trying to get into a relationship or they're not in a relationship but have had past difficulties? Is that an area of your expertise as well? Yeah, as far as looking for love and mm-hmm. see, like how to attract a mate and how to get into a relationship. Uh, that's... That's a, a huge area too, right? And I, I've I've worked with that with those people too, um, and it kind of all goes down that same path of okay, well, if uh, if you're looking for someone, if you're looking for a, a, a relationship, a spouse, a wife, a husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, what do you like? Who who do you have to become to attract that? You know, because a lot of times people will just focus on what they want and. Mm as opposed to actually working on themselves. And, you know, if, if you want someone great, you're probably going to have to be great also, right? Like if this, this like great, attractive go-getter, like someone who's killing it at all stages of their life, will, will they want to be with someone who isn't doing the same? So it, it, that kind of comes down to, okay, well, let's work on what you can do. What, what can you focus on for yourself? And that, that kind of helps that situation is it a bigger area more as you are involved as the years go by because you know i'm just i'm just trying to connect the dots between uh singles all the apps out there yeah for trying to date and it seems you know again it's 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 the the chicken and the egg because we have the apps and more social media and more ways of connecting are we seeing actually a harder a harder time for people to to find relationships or was it the same? We just see more of it. You know, before we just didn't have the social media to bring it to the forefront. Yeah. Are you seeing more people that are individual having a hard time finding a relationship? I think people are having an easier time finding like the start of a relationship, but but finding it harder to build on that because there's so much. There's so many options out there, right? Yeah. There's so much instant gratification, and you know, if my relationship has any speed bumps or hiccups, I can just move on. I can move on because it's so readily available. Oh, it's, it's it's that would be a huge challenge, I think, for you. Yeah, you know, you're not just dealing with with a, a couple here; you're dealing with these people that you're you're right, and I think that's uh, um, part of our society now. The uh, instant gratification, yeah, and the stick to itness maybe is something that you're working on a lot with couples. We're going to come back uh, in a minute. A couple of minutes, actually, after our break. And I really want to get down and dirty on what you feel the the big issues are out there for couples. So we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Almost perfect. 
picture frames I see my beautiful wife Always smiling But on the inside Oh, I can hear her saying Lead me with strong hands Stand up when I can't Don't leave me Hungry for love, chasing dreams But what about us? Show me You're willing to find That I'm still The love of your life I know we call this our home But I still feel alone I see their faces Look in their innocent eyes They're just children From the outside I'm working hard I tell myself they'll be fine They're independent But on the inside Oh, I can hear them saying Hub here on Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, please call 416-245-1534. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. We are here with our live in-studio guest, Jonathan Thomas, and we're talking about building healthy relationships so we spent the first half of the show going through sort of the, 
the step-by-step processes of seeing Jonathan and how he got to this process. Let's spend the next half, Jonathan, talking about building healthy relationships. And I think um, just from your bio, you said that you learned a lot more from dysfunctional relationships than not maybe learn more, but that kind of cued you into this, this whole line of work. What are the common issues that you find are really at heart with relationships that are not trending in the right direction? Common issues. Um, well, the the most common one, whether you're in a relationship or not, is finances. You know, you can be single you know, or you can be in a relationship and so many people live their lives with, um, you know, the idea of, of finances and money always in the uh, the back of their mind. Um, myself included, you know, I've, I've been down that road too and we'll probably go down that road again in the near future. Um, but I think with relationships and, and finances, why it's um, such an issue and such a common issue is because of the emotion tied into it. You know, finances for people, it means certainty. It means security. It means freedom. Um, it means like safety. You know, if you just think at like a survival, um, like a survival, uh, like way down at like the base of survival finances, you you need them. Right. So the emotion tied into that and like all your certainty and all your security is tied into that. So there's, there's going to be a lot of anger and frustration when those aren't going well, when, you know, there's any kind of financial hiccup and a lot of times husbands, wives, um, they'll kind of unleash that emotion onto each other. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think when it comes to finances, it, it's a good thing to acknowledge that there's emotion tied into it, you know, um, but to somehow detach that emotion from it a little bit too. So that we're not just, so that we can kind of see it from a different perspective. So we're not seeing it from a survival point of view. We're seeing it from what it really is. And um, a hiccup. Yeah. A hiccup. Well, if, if you have an open communication with your partner, mm-hmm. um, won't that sort of meld the way to these hiccups? You know, I, we had hiccups when we were uh, financial hiccups earlier on mm-hmm. uh, when we got and I think it's common. It's very common. Uh, nowadays, it's so difficult for couples to, to have a, a place to live that they can afford but going into it, understanding your finances and, and making budgets. My son just got married and um, they have everything budgeted. Yeah. And and that, to me, I didn't do that. <clears throat> and I, I don't know why we just sort of winged it. And again, I, I'm dealing with the paradox of two completely different ways to run things. You know, when we got married, um, our biggest, I think, in our relationship was open communication. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's little now there's i look at it and i think there's so much communication you know people talk to each other three four five times a day is that good is that bad but when you sit down and you discuss finances what do you want to talk if you're dealing with a couple that is having a financial difficulty is that is that just financial difficulty or is that a relationship thing how do you how do you broach that in a relationship discussion Mm mm-hmm well, I mean, yeah, that open communication is important because a lot of times people um, will kind of keep their problems like to themselves, whether you're in a relationship or not. You might um, not want to talk about your finances because it feels you feel like self-conscious about mm-hmm. it. Right. And that that applies to people who are doing great financially. Like 
it's still a, like a sore subject for people, even if you're doing great, mm-hmm. you know, um, which is funny because, you know, everyone kind of, everyone kind of holds on to their problem and doesn't want to share it with others. So I think, yeah, for when it comes to that, you're going to want to have, be open with your, with your spouse, um, and, you know, open up the computer and go through the finances together, not hiding anything. Um, and yeah, like building, building goals together and seeing where you're at, like realistically with, with your money. Do you find that, that people are, I guess, earlier on, maybe even later on in relationships have a difficulty with this sharing, with building a life together as opposed to walking in as two separate individuals and Mm -hmm. trying to make it work on individual paths. Right. Yeah. That vulnerability, Mm -hmm. that kind of opening up and being vulnerable and like truly going for it. And, you know, that's, that's, that's huge, right? That that's for everyone. That's family, that's relationship, that's for yourself, whether you're going to go for it in your career or for your job, or if you're going to self-sabotage and, you know, be, be guarded, you know, because mm-hmm. people want, people want more love in their life. They want to feel more love. They want to have more love around them, but they also are afraid to be hurt and to make themselves vulnerable. So how can you do both of those things? There, there is a way you can do both of those things. Um, it's, and you just kind of have to come to that realization that pain will be coming no matter if you love your spouse fully or not. Like, that relationship will end one way or the other, whether that's through, you know, through death, through your death, through their death. Um, pain will be coming um, one way or the other. So you either get to go for it like right now, or you can just choose to hold back and, you know, be guarded and not love fully. And, and, and you know, because you're afraid of being hurt in the end, right? Do you find that... Um relationships evolve like i think maybe do people need to learn how to love is that an ongoing process i think uh everyone's definition is is different right we we get that generally from how we've watched our our parents um i mean i think for most people and that's kind of your first definition of love you know if, if you're spending you know the first 17 or 18 years of your life with your with your parents and watching how that okay so that's what a relationship looks like so that's like your first definition right and then you kind of start going through the the dating world and creating your own little definition and making your own mold but but yeah like like that uh that cheesy song uh what is love (laughs) from night of the roxbury right but yeah like you gotta you gotta find out what your definition of that is because when i say love and when you say it we could be talking about totally different things right is is love do you think defined by the goals that you're setting defined by the goals that you're setting what as as like a well like love yeah so love for you you say your love meaning will be different than my love and every relationship Mm -hmm. their love has a different meaning and does that come from the fact that people have different ideas of where they want their relationships to go or is just a manifested love is different just because two people in a relationship are different than two other people right so yeah i I know that's like that's a good question i like for me it's the you know 
risking it all, you know, like being vulnerable and showing my true self and loving fully. Like I told you off air, we're getting married in like five months and stuff. So, um, yeah, like being, being open to being hurt, you know, knowing that it's, it's going to come one way or the other. Um, but I, which way will you not regret, you know, vulnerability is a tough one. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Big time. Because, you you are like uh, to me personally on my my route in my relationship i still feel like that there are walls that are still yeah being uh broken down and i i guess it, de- it depends on your history now you said something very interesting about um you know your family relationship the parent relationship and really sort of lay you know that's what your children see first so yeah. that's that's an easy piece if you've come from a happy home now, are you, what, what, you know, have you dealt with people that have come from an unhappy home and are trying to figure out how to love right. healthy? Yeah. Have you dealt with people like that? Well, I mean, like most, I think it's 40% of marriages end in divorce, especially the baby boomers. I think that was the highest, the highest rate. Now it's, now it's starting to go down, but. The divorce rate is going down? That's what I hear. Oh, good. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, just because all the baby boomers are kind of done, they're done divorcing now. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's hopefully going to be divorcing when they're like 70 years old. <laughs> well, okay. Our, the next question, then the flip side of that is, um, are people getting married? Right. Is the marriage rate going down? Um, I th- I think the marriage rate is staying the same. I have to double check, but it's like now it's like the next generation, right? So now... Whether it's Generation X, I don't know. know. I don't know what it is. Millennial. I think Generation X I think was eighties to nineties. Is that right, or is that nineties to? Uh, I, well, I think like I'm thirty two. I think I, I'm kind of right on the barrier. You're like, the cusp. I'm on like the the fence between Generation X and Millennial, right? Okay. Um. So now is like the kind of generations change. Um. Like yeah, like your question is marriage a realistic thing? Is it mm-hmm. is it still is it still ideal in in this uh, period of time. And for myself getting married in five months, I sure hope so. I sure hope it is realistic, (laughs) right? Or else why am I doing it? But, um, when you're, if you're thinking about like starting a family, marriage is great because it does provide some stability and some, you know, some financial stability where, you know, it gives even, even though you can easily get divorced too, it, it does give you that, that sense of certainty, that sense of security to, to be married, right? It gives you an extra, gives you an extra step to have to go through if you're, if you're going to leave each other, right? When having kids, that, that is important that you're at least trying to make it work. So marriage is good that way. Um, and yeah, financially, it doesn't really change much because if you're common law, if you live together with, you know, for more than like one year, you kind of all, you get the same benefits and finances and well, all that then that brings a question to my mind what if if financially um you're the same mm-hmm. common law or married why not take that step and solidify that relationship why in your mind are people not taking that next step to be if, married yes well it's scary <laughs> it is it does provide some that kind of extra sense of like finality to it right um and if you're scared of vulnerability and you know totally going for it, marriage kind of represents that that big time, right? 
So I think maybe some people are a little bit standoffish because it is like such a final thing, even though it's really not that final because, you know, half of all marriages it's, end. It's, it's a mental thing, uh-huh. I think. Yes, of like, course. Nothing, nothing changes. Like I've lived with uh, my girlfriend for over five years and when we get married, nothing's going to change. But other- something must be going to change or you wouldn't <laughs> be taking that step. I think, yeah, I, well, I've, I'm doing it for the right reasons, I, I think. Like, I, I wasn't pressured into it, um, even though people would, like, take little, like, funny jabs at me, like, oh, eight years, like, what's taking you so long? Um, but for me, my motivation behind it, um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of have to probably ask myself that question before before the big day. But it was... Yeah, like I like I love her. She's great, and I know I want to be with her for the rest of my life. So, like, so there's your final vulnerability. Yeah. After so the, so the yeah. Five so years. why so why not go for it then? Right. If you if you really love them, and you know that you want to be with them for the rest of your life. Then, then um, what do you? Yeah, like what are you waiting for? What's what's mm-hmm. not, what's stopping you? So somebody comes in to see you. They've got relationship issues. You sit them down. How do you start? Leading, leading them in the direction of cultivating healthy relationships. What is your mm-hmm. session like? Well, a lot of times people will come in with their problem um, that they've been like thinking about nonstop, like in their head. Like if they have this problem, what is, what's a relationship or career or finance? And they're, they're just kind of going through this problem over and over and over and talking to people about it. And a lot of times people will come in and, They'll just want to dive right right into it. Um, And that's where I need to be like, oh, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to go right to it. We're going to change how you've been going about this. So there's a few different exercises and, you know, there's different questions you can ask to get them to take their mind off of it. Because when you're, if you're just seeing the problem from like one point of view, one perspective, you don't really generate a lot of different answers and different methods. So yeah, the first step is to change their perspective and not dive right into it. Um, so yeah, once once they kind of once you can get them to be um, separated from the problem for a little bit and get them into a good state, then you can jump back in. And if it's a relationship issue, you're going to want to talk about what uh, like what do you want? What is a what is a great relationship look look like to you? And get them to kind of you know, write things down and what do you really want to not just verbalize it, but actually put it on paper. Like, okay, what's, what do you think is missing? What do you want? And all that stuff. Um, one of the big coaching methods I use is called the six human needs. And yeah, that's from Tony Robbins. And I'm sure he kind of took it from other people and made it his own and added pieces to it. Um, which, uh, which works so, so well for me, like just, through issues in my own life and through coaching, um, going through these six human needs. And it's basically a, a behavior model that explains that everyone is doing things to meet these certain needs, to meet these needs of certainty, um, variety, significance, connection, growth, and contribution. Um, so getting the, you know, whoever's seeing me, whether that's um, both parts of the couple or just one, um, getting them to kind of take an audit of, okay, how are we doing with meeting each other's needs here? How certain do you feel in this relationship that they're, they love you and they're, they're not going to leave you? How much variety are you providing each other? 
Is it all just based on comfort and certainty where you come home and you watch Netflix and you get no variety? Um, how connected do you feel? How much, you know, how much love and connection do you feel with each other? And kind of going through that audit and seeing what the numbers are and what you need to improve on. Um, that's that's a, a really helpful step for me um, because it, it just maps out like, okay, where, where are we, where we're at with these numbers and with this like the six human needs audit. And um, the goal is to get it like, you know, 10 out of 10 for each of these. I know we don't have a ton of time to go through it, but mm-hmm. uh, if you just, you know, Google six human needs or YouTube it, there's, there's tons of videos and tons of stuff on it. Do you come to a point when you're speaking with somebody after a few sessions where in your own mind you're saying this just isn't healthy, this relationship may not work? And right. if, if you do, do you verbalize that? Or is that mm-hmm. something that everyone has to come to their own conclusion with? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not every relationship is meant to stay together, meant meant to be together, right? Um. And that, but that's something that people kind of have to come up with on their own. Um, I can kind of lead them to that direction, but that's if you're going to make a decision to like break up and leave or stay together, like I don't that I don't want that on me. Like that mm-hmm. should be on the person, right? Because they'll take they'll take ownership, they'll take accountability. Um, but whether you're going to stay together or not, there is things in the meantime that you can do to you know make yourself um, to have no regrets about either staying in the relationship or leaving. Like you can make yourself the best possible person and you can give everything to your partner and do the, do your best. And if it still ends, you won't have any regrets from that. It's um, an interest. It's, it's hard to visualize where you can't have, well, both parties don't have to be involved with this. Um, you're taking the six steps. You're really trying as an individual to go through and giving. Do you find that your clients, when they come to see you, are willing to do the work? It depends. Mm-hmm. It, it varies. Um, That's a, a tough call, yeah. that self-reflection. Yeah. Like a lot of times it is people that have have this problem that they've been living with and like that's their identity now, right? And do they really want to change their identity? Mm-hmm. A lot of people, like they don't. It's it's scary because this is how this is how they know themselves. This is how they interact with the world. So, yeah, a lot of times people will come in and maybe they just want some assurance that they do have this problem and that it is okay and this is how they're going to live their life. So, yeah, I, I the best clients are the ones who actually want to change. Um, but sometimes you don't get those. Sometimes you just have people that want that kind of feedback that oh, it's not your fault. It's mm-hmm. it, it's your, it's the situation. It's the or, situations, how you're <clears throat> raised, it's your parents, it's that, it's that. Um, and those those are the the trickier clients, but that's also fun to try to look for a, mm-hmm. a way to help them. Well, I think what you do, especially in this uh, time of life with uh, things the way they are, and it hard, hard, harder now, I think, than before to try and find that match is very important. And I think the starting point with you is reflection. And I think that's very important. Um, I, we are pressing against the clock, of course. As I said, we probably would be. Um, let, let's give everybody your social media sites. Mm-hmm. Let them know how they can get a hold of you. Okay, awesome. Um, my website is torontoperformancecoaching.com. Um, my Instagram is Toronto Performance Coach. Um, and I know, you know, performance, I, I was kind of struggling with names and 
I was going to do like life and relationship. And I was like, oh, well, performance sounds maybe like the clientele I want, people that actually want to change. Want to so, change, yeah. want to perform. Yeah. Um, and my Twitter is uh, GTA Life Coaching, at GTA Life Coaching. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you so much for coming in studio. I appreciate it. It's so nice to have a, a friendly face to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> um, next week, everybody, we are having um, Dr. Antonio Stecco on the show. We're talking about demystifying fascia. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. Uh, if you have the time, Google him, uh, watch him on YouTube, and be prepared for the show because it's going to be quite interesting. And everybody, thank you for joining us, and we will talk to you next week on The Health Hub. Hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.